Before we begin today's episode, we have our patrons over at Patreon. They are Aperba, Nate Hansen, Rock the Green, Andy Herbrandt, Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, Kelby Goodman, Greg Whalen, Zach Duran, Daniel and Cara Lighting, and our newest Patreon supporters, John Goals. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the dairy state. We are your hosts, as always. I'm Eric. And I'm Russ. And today we are getting horny once more. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about the other brass instrument company located in our hometown of Elkhorn, the legendary Getson Music Company. The old brass to ass. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we also have uh, great Wisconsin music from Seesaw and uh, a special announcement. Yeah, it's going to be great. We've, I mean, we, we've literally waited uh, quite a while to, to really d- divulge all the info here, but uh, we've been working with them uh, for, you know, a, a little while now on, you know, this special announcement. We're not really a special announcement necessarily, but um, but this whole thing has just been really cool to to come come to fruition you know uh, from from the time that they wanted to um feature an, you know a, a newer song here and then you know the 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 actual show coming up here which we'll talk about later but we're really happy about it couldn't be more stoked uh we obviously love seesaw yeah we they featured them a few times every time they have a new track we always do it and uh, exactly you know what's cool is megan eve kind of have a little connection with the uh, madison media institute like us so yeah. it's, it was always i know you've been in communication with them so yeah yeah and it's and it's been great like i said i'm i i couldn't be more happy um and uh, of course you know we have another beer review We've got another edition of the infamous How Many Locals You Wow. And uh, hey, if you're a new listener or have not yet, please stop by and give us a review on any one of those things that you listen to. I'm sure they have some sort of a uh, an option for you to leave a review, click some stars, that kind of junk. We love it, and it does so much for us. Yeah, you know, most of them only take like a minute. Like, even if you don't want to write a review, you just click the stars. It's right. like, it, does, it doesn't take very long. It's yeah. just, I, I know, like, people just don't do it. I mean, I listen to podcasts all the time, and I don't really get around to it. I've only done it, like, once. I think I've had, like, three or four that I've done, especially, yeah. like, Friends podcasts, and then maybe a couple that I listen to regularly, and that's right. about it, you know? Yeah. So, so I get it. I'm guilty, too. I'm of, guilty. Of the same thing, you know? So, so uh, but we could still ask. How about that? Uh, hey, if, and, and if you wish to learn uh, a little bit more about becoming a sponsor uh, or, or any other things that we've got going on, the website is the best uh, place to do that, www.wisconsindrunkenhistory.com. Uh, that's where you can find all of the links, all the additional info, all that stuff. So please head over there. Yeah. And now we're going to just jump right in here. I yeah, let's, let's do it. So well, the story actually begins in 1939 when a superintendent from the actual Holton company that we, that we went to last time, um, and his name was T.J. Getson. And yeah. uh, he decided to start his uh, company after nearly 10 years as a plant superintendent. Um, and the Getson Company, Inc. is actually was a converted dairy barn behind the Getson family residence at 329 East Geneva Street in Elkhorn. Very familiar with this area, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, skateboarding and riding bikes, we've passed this area. Yep. And although manufacturing is still to come, TJ and his three employees focus on band instrument repair. And what's crazy, what I thought it was crazy about the story is like you can never do this today because a lot of companies make you sign like an NDA. So you right. can't actually do anything similar for like 10 years. Exactly. Yeah, I, think it, like I think it is 10. It, I think it's exactly 10 years as far as a non-completer or an NDA. Uh, and, and so therefore, you know, like and I think that even happened with Fender uh, when he sold the company uh, to CBS. This was back in the 60s. Uh, he signed, you know, some sort of an NDA. And then he started uh, another company with uh, George Fullerton, and that was G&L. And essentially what he did was uh, they sort of left it as uh, um, 
just George Fullerton's company for a while until that full 10 years had lapsed. And then uh, uh, Leo Fender could actually become now a part of the company actively in roles uh, and actually have some sort of history with it. So you're absolutely correct. It's, this it's, could never happen. It's crazy. Like today they have all these laws because you know the technology and they don't want you basically making something better if you know something better. It's like right. the reason they do it now. And it's just crazy to think that back then like you could just... Hey, I know the technology. Yeah, I know the technology. I'm just going to start my own and make my own money. Screw this. But yeah, you can't really do that today. Uh, Unfortunately. 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 So, yeah. So they actually did uh, instrument repair. And then in 1946, they started branching out from the band instrument repair business and they made their first trombones. Whoa. I know. Scott, watch out. Scott, watch out. Yeah. Scott, watch out, buddy. I mean, like, the old slide whistle, pretty (laughs) much. The Mighty Mighty Boston's are coming up here. Yeah. The, the trombones actually rolled off the line in the summer of 1946, and only about a 1,000 were produced that first year, which a thousand's quite a, a bit for just a small shop, to be honest. And especially when you're, when you're taking it from, uh, you know, like a raw brass kind of state and, and getting it all the way through production uh, to that finished, polished, you know, beautiful instrument that's tuned and ready to rock. That's a lot, and a 1,000 trombones for, is very impressive. For a few guys in a barn. Pretty hardcore, Very to be impressive. honest. So yeah, and then following the success of the first trombones in 1947, they actually began to expand the line uh, to trumpets and cornets, which pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, just to expand that quickly in one year to realize that these trombones are pretty successful. And you're really covering uh, a good a good amount of the the brass instrument world there. Uh, that uh, now you're going to be able to get your name out there uh, to a bunch of different uh, uh, bands, you know, or or. I guess, you know, maybe even uh, theaters were doing plays at this time that would use a real pit and an orchestra. So the the band and orchestra world, it, you know, can start to really utilize your product now that you're not only trombones, you also have the trumpets and cornets too. Yeah, and seeing, like, obviously the market just kept expanding. And yeah. uh, they actually produced the, the, another product line for the Piston Bugles. Shout out to the Andrew Sisters, company Bugle Boy of Company B, is that? I used to the, wear Bugle Boy. Did you? I don't know if that's the same shit you're talking about. Maybe Bugle Boy came from the Andrew Sisters. Probably. They should get get a cut on that. I have a feeling you're talking about something music related. I'm talking about cheap Kmart clothes. Yeah, with with dudes doing slam dunks with skateboards, lizard guys. I was just going to say iguana doing like a skateboard thing. Doing sick shit like slam dunks. Just just (laughs) rocking out, man. And the Bugles actually were designed and used by many of the Drung and Bugle Corps, um, which were gaining popularity after the war. Um, oh, so huge, a lot yeah. of the bands and stuff that were they continued on like the I was just going to say they took what they what they were doing out in the field uh, of of the military and stuff and then just continued it. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and Jay Robert Gesson, son of TJ, is appointed at the plant superintendent again in 1949. Um, after his he worked with the company for ten years in the factory, producing trombones and some of the stuff and polishing and probably all you know polishing a trombone. We all do that once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. No one, yeah. No, one, no one says anything. I was cleaning it and it went off. It just did stuff. <laughs> and this actually marks the long family tradition that's actually still seen within the company today. Um, in 1950s, one of my favorite trumpets were produced called The Dude, which is a pretty badass name for a trumpet. Now, this is news to me, so I'm, I'm listening in, intently here. Yeah, it's just one of the trumpets that they actually called The Dude, which is pretty awesome. And during the 1950s, the Getson Company grew to about 80 employees. And with the increase of the employees came increase in productions and numbers and, and quality. The increased quality quickly moved the company into the higher ranks in the industry and probably one of the most re- well-respected line of student band instruments. The competition even notes that the quality of Getson instrument, Vincent Bach, president of the Vincent Bach Corporation, says in 1956, they certainly are beautiful horns and Getson can be proud of able to turn out such a fine instrument, which pretty awesome. I was just going to say, you know, you, you got to be proud of what you do. Uh, otherwise you're not even going to be happy doing it. Yeah. And, and I think most of us can relate in today's world, you know, we're working for companies and stuff that we don't necessarily even feel attached to, which almost makes you understand why Getson said, I'm going to do this and I want to build things that I'm very proud of and I'm happy, you know, do, you know, and, and You've got to be a musician to even make these things, I'm assuming. I understand, you know, Leo Fender wasn't. He never even yeah. played guitar. 
But he also didn't start out making guitars. He started out as an amp and TV repair shop. So, so he just knew tubes. He just he, exactly. <laughs> he just basically knew tubes. And, and, and you know, you know as well as I do, the the literally best amp in the entire business is a Fender amp. Oh yeah, for sure. The deluxe um, reverb is like probably one of the most legendary exactly. amps of all time. Exactly. And the Princeton reverb, I mean, small and mighty is really what oh, that yeah. thing is. And you you say the same thing about Getzen over the years. Why are they so prominent? You know, why are they so well regarded? In the band world. Well, because they're the best. I mean, if you think pure, about it... Pure during, and simple. During this time, too, I mean, a lot of bands are coming out. I think even a lot of Mexican bands were using Getzen. Like the Tijuana oh, the, Brass um, Band and a lot of yeah. those. I mean, a lot of them were using Getzen instruments, exactly. which is pretty incredible. Yeah. That just came from Elkhorn, you know? It's always... Right. It always just strikes me that that's... I love it. I love, the, I love the deep uh, history and the deep, uh, you know... Uh, musical roots from our hometown and a lot it just of horny so folks dude. you and i you and i grew up there man like, i know yeah it's cool i don't know just and weird so we're gonna take a little bit of a right now and talk about allied music which kind of like branches from getson but it kind of makes a roundabout and we'll kind of get into that later on in the episode but okay so J. Robert Getson actually follows the same footsteps as his father and resigns as the plant superintendent of the Getson Company. So he did the same thing his dad did yeah. to start his Allied Music Corporation. And it's a 3,000 square foot building just a mile away from the Getson Company at 530 South Highway H. Still there today. I was just going to say, I think that's the main building. Yeah, still. it is. It's one of the main Getson buildings yeah. now. And the, the entire company only consists of Robert, one employee, and zero customers. Oh, so perfect. Three, but 3,000 square foot for just, you know, three guys is... That's, that's a thousand a, square foot of dude. That sounds like every that sounds like every company we've ever started. Yeah, pretty We've got one employee, <laughs> we've got our house, and then we've got no customers. It's it's like our podcast. We have two dudes <laughs> producing, putting it together, coming and up with things, getting the promotions out. Just thousands of dollars <laughs> yeah. in the hole. Yeah. Uh between for sure. between two uh sure SM seven B microphones alone, you're already in the hole for eight hundred dollars. We're pretty like let's let's just say with all the music and stuff that we've purchased in this podcast, we're not doing that well. No. Let's just throw it out there. So <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the hole. I'm yeah. in the hole deep. <laughs> oh yeah. Toss me a shovel, bro. I'm, ga- I'm gonna I'm keep gaping. going. <laughs> I'm gaping over here, so but, I don't care if anybody listens. <laughs> I'm just into sitting here talking to you. Yeah, pretty much. So in 1960, after 21 years in business, TJ Getchen sells the Getson company to a Milwaukee attorney named Harold M. Knowles. And shortly after the purchase, Mr. Knowlton moves the company from its original home in the old barn to another facility at 211 West Centralia Street. Nice. And my yeah. dad, we have, we've driven past there. That factory's still there. Some of it did burn down, but I remember my dad ended up working there too at the metal finishers. Oh, wow. And that place burned down too on Centralia. Those buildings that were over there. Yeah. I, and you know, I, Centralia, is it? So that's like if you go by Sunset Park. Yes. Yeah, it's like, like it's just after off, Devendorf. Yeah. It's, or off of Devendorf. It's a... Uh, Perpendicular to Devendorf. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So. In 1962, with the help of Carl Doc Severison and many other well-known musicians, the uh, Getzen Company begins to design and manufacture a complete line of professional trumpets, cornets, and flugelhorns. And the success of the company's student line of instruments is easily carried over to the new professional line. So well, they're just making just say, little tweaks and stuff to make them a little more on the professional side. Right. And that's, I was just going to say, I think uh, that's kind of the difference between like, uh, it, and, I'm, and I'm only doing this for myself. I know this doesn't necessarily matter to anybody else listening but uh in terms of uh uh trying to relate this to something russ and i know it's, it's like it's quality like the squire it's, yeah exactly the squire guitar that fender makes but it's the the lower quality but affordable and yeah. that's i mean the quality especially now and you know this because you kind of turned me on to this you were like dude the squire vintage uh or uh squire classic vibe um, you were like, dude, you got to play that because I swear it's, it's going to be one of the best things you've picked up honestly, for that like, price. Yeah, honestly, the Squire Telly that I played that was yeah. like it was like the new like hand wired one. Yep. it played better than some of the Fender American Fender. Yeah, absolutely, and so, I totally agree. I actually ended up getting a uh, a Squire Classic Vibe Fifties Telly from somebody in a trade, uh, cash plus this guitar, and I gave him like an amp. Yeah, and uh, Adam's dad uh, oh, nice. actually plays that that guitar out on on our gig it's, sometimes it's a great guitar yeah i mean they, and, and he's we've changed out some some of the electronics and some of the the pickups uh i had him put some american you know vintage pickups in there but the the body of it and the neck is still 
all Squire. And, and what, so. I, mostly it's like you never know what you're going to get. Like they're yeah. mass produced, but one might be better than American Fender. Right. To be honest. Because it's, it's completely like, CNC'd. You know, they have a, a, a whole program, you know, devo- devoted to this route. And then they move it to another CNC and it routes this or it puts the the uh, the actual um, frets inside of the fretboard and that kind of stuff. So you're right. You never know uh, what, what exactly one you're going to get. So yeah, you definitely I'm, have to test them out. And it's like the Epiphone Gibson debate. And honestly, it's probably just the... It's probably just the the quality of like the parts, you know what I mean? Like they're probably yeah. mass produced compared to handmade, exactly, and actually fitted properly and everything. Yeah. So next was the uh, unfortunate thing, which right. I was just we talking kind of alluded about. to, right? Yeah. So in 1963, they actually had a fire that began at 12:30 and burned out until about 2 a.m. And due to the spreading of the flames and the extensive smoke and water damage, the building and factory is all but a complete loss. And almost immediately after the flames are extinguished, plans are made to construction of the new factory and keep things going. And just a month after the devastating fire, the new Getson factory is actually under construction at the same site as the destroyed building. And by early December, things are moving so smoothly that a target date of January 1964 has been set for the resumption of the manufacture of the new facility. And meanwhile, the right hand that we took earlier, Mm -hmm. the Allied Music Corporation is seeing continued success based on its customer base and its full-time staff that continues to grow. And what's great about (laughs) Allied Music, right? So they they basically have like... They're a win-win. They got Holton and Getson instruments that they're right. working on here. Right, exactly. Which in Elkhorn, I mean, that's, there's a plethora of instruments probably pouring in, so there's probably a lot of customers. Right, and and it, at this time, you know, Elkhorn does have its, uh, I think it's, what is it called, the community band, um, which, you know, the band shelter was built in, in Sunset Park yep. for that. And uh, I think even still today, they do uh, music in the park like, one maybe one Sunday a month or something yeah. like that or is it like every Sunday? It's it's I think, awesome though. I, yeah, and I know they also do the Fourth of July fireworks as well. They yes. usually have the band out there. So, yep. and in 1964, just five months after the tragic fire destroyed the original factory, the Getson factory, a new one was opened. Awesome, which is pretty crazy. Just five months. I mean, they must have it's had a like good a lot. Yeah, pretty decent compared to today's like bureaucratic bullshit where everything takes like months to right, get right. you know just to get a building permit and like back then you just grab materials and start building shit you yep. know you were just like yeah we need a new building Let's slap, do her, it. slap her together put it up and at first the production line is limited in a few select models but after months the production is back actually back up to full capacity which is pretty incredible for five months i was just gonna say to be under a year and and, and be back up to full capacity is great and again, history repeats itself, and another Getson leaves the company to start his own business. Don Getson, son of TJ, resigns as exec- executive president of the Getson Company and founds DEG Music Products in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. I don't believe it's there anymore, actually, to be to be honest. I, I, don't, I don't think, think so. And after seven successful years at the helm of Allied Music, Bob Getson once again works with his brother, Don, as Allied begins the manufacture of piston bugles for the DEG Music Products Company. So... I don't. Th- I don't know if Allied actually shuts down. I think it's just he moves to help his brother. Right. So. And in 1967, following the success of Allied Music Corporation, Bob Getson funds Allied Supply Corporation, and Allied Supply Corporation specializes in replacement band instruments, cases, and band tools, and seeks to fill an an obvious void in the industry. Obviously, supplying pieces that need to be supplied. I was just gonna say. I mean, with that, with everything, you know, you build a car. There's always going to need to be replacement parts and tools to work on it. Same with instruments and it's same like, with you know, like anything, OEM, furniture. OEM of the music exactly. world. Like you're basically holding service parts. Which so this is, is a great idea. And at the same time, Bob begins to further expand Allied Music. The first being the creation of the Allied Music Repair School. The school is designed to actually teach people how to fix instruments. Repair and, and yeah. do all the, the maintenance work. Yeah. And each participant that actually comes actually goes through like a 48-week course to cover like the necessary ne- needs of uh, figuring that out and kind of just all the repairs in general. That's crazy that, I mean, they, they go through a 48-week thing. I mean, that's almost an entire year worth of learning. And here's kind of where the roundabout comes in. So we're going to kind of start switching gears here. So Allied Music is going to come back into the picture and they're going to become a part obviously of Getson, which is why we yeah. took that right turn earlier. Right. So, which is why we're even discussing it at all, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the, the family's just so ingrained in music. So Allied Music begins to produce the full line of trumpets, cornets, trombones, and marching brass instruments for the DEG history. And it's just repeating itself again, basically. Yeah. I mean, like they, they went from repair to music, like they went from repair to music. Like everyone's doing the same thing. Exactly. And eventually it kind of all comes around and kind of merges, but we're going to talk about that in a second. So in 1974, the Allied Supply Corporation has grown to its 
uh, to occupy its own department within the Allied Music bu- uh, Building. And now with both companies growing larger by the year, Bob Getson decides to sell Allied Supply to his two sons, Thomas and Edward M. Getson. And both sons have several years of experience working for both Allied Music and Allied Supply and are eager to take over the control of Allied Supply and uh, just continue with the family legacy. Right. And continuing to grow, in 1980, Allied Supply now occupies a several hundred feet within the Allied Music Building. The increased space is needed to house the constant growing product line as well as increasing staff size. And I think that building is also still there behind Allied Music. Actually, Probably. That's over kind of by area. the Gateway Campus, yep. I believe. And after 25 years of success um, as a president and owner of Getson Company, Harold Knowlton sells a company to Charles F. Andrews, which switches hands again. In 1988, after more than 49 years in the industry, Bob Getson sells Allied Music Corporation to his sons, Tom and Ed. Despite being semi-retired, Bob continues to play a crucial role in the company until his passing in February of 2003. Yeah, and, and honestly, you know, that's true true to a lot of things. You know, you, you get uh, uh, an owner or a person who's been very uh, heavily involved in that industry. They might sell it, but they're still... They're still going into work almost every day. They just can't put it down. Exactly. And so another big step that's taken in 1989 is uh, when the Allied begins the production of the first Edward trombones. Um, and they actually move to a 9,600 square feet building where they can actually post all the stuff and supply it. Mm-hmm. And they hope to produce a trombone that meets the demanding needs of the world's professional trombonists. And, uh, Tromboners. This is f- tr- yeah, exactly. And this is the first step of actually becoming the uh, world's best trombone. Arguably, and maybe debated, but there's a lot of Getson fans out there. But if you got a couple people saying it, it yeah, can, you exactly. can't, be, can't be far off. So now we're in the 90s here. We're talking Ace of Bass. This is early 90s. Exactly. So. Yep. This is uh, <laughs> this is the beginning of hip hop here. Yeah, we're talking about D- uh, Run DMC. We're, this is when it's all happening. You know, they yeah. use trombones and all their music, so <laughs> I was kidding. They sure do. I mean, they got a huge orchestra there. <laughs> After years of building horns for DEG, Allied Music begins the production of its own line of instruments. So again, <laughs> same thing. Yep. They work hand-in-hand with a famous brass quintet, the Canadian Brass. And for those that don't know the Canadian Brass, they actually have some pretty cool um uh, albums. Yeah, they actually redid like all the Beatles songs with just brass instruments. The Canadian Brass Band, all right. and they do like stuff like that too. And I think they had a Pink Floyd one too, which is called "Us and Them." I think is the name of it. That's pretty it. rad. But too. Canadian Brass, like they basically covered like I yeah. forget what album it was. I think it was just Dark Side of the Moon, but just with brass instruments and stuff. It's pretty awesome. I love it. Good concept. Yeah, and quickly outgrowing its new location and uh, expand needs of its customer, Allied again expands and adds a case warehouse. The additional warehouse takes a total footage of Allied more than 11,000 square feet, so this company's growing quite a bit. Yeah, it is. It really is. And after several years of production problems and financial hardship, the Getson Company, under the direction of Charles Andrews, declares bankruptcy. Shortly after, Allied Music Corporation, owned and operated by the grandson of the Getson Company founder, purchased the assets of uh, Getson Company out of the Federal Bankruptcy Court. In 31 years, the company is once again in the hands of Getson family. Wow, that was a tongue tire. (laughs) Holy smokes. It's very, very, uh, very intense. So we got another guy in the studio today. His name is my son, Eric, and uh, he's grabbing some Reese's. Do you want to say hi, Eric? He's just getting Reese's uh, buttercups here. Do you want to say hi real quick? Hoy. All right, he, he said hi to you guys. He said hoy. He said hoy. But yeah, in 1992, capitaling on the success of the Edwards line of trombones, Getson seriously enters the trombone market with a new line of completely redesigned professional trombones. The new ever-improving product quality of new Getson Company is noticed in the market and begins to gain respect as an instrument manufacturer in 92. So this is around the time, like, maybe grunge might be starting at this point, you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, it sort of began 88, 89, but this is when it sort of takes off. Yeah. You know? This is when Kurt Cobain grabs a trombone yeah. in 93. Rips it up, dude. <laughs> he just shreds. Plays it backwards. So Tom and Ed decide to discontinue the Allied Music Repair School, choosing instead to focus on the necessary resources of the new horn production. And so, like I said, it kind of all comes around. Allied ends up being Getson. Right. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Like the Suns ended up purchasing it back, which is pretty cool. And again, in 94, they res- they had space restrictions due to all the companies kind of merging together. And Allied Music discontinues its reed instrument repair service. And now the main function of Allied is repair of brass instruments. So they're basically getting rid of some of the other product lines, focusing more on the quality of the brass. Right, right. And following suit 
the repair school and its reed instrument repair. Allied discontinues its brass instrument repair service, and Allied music is now dissolved with all its resources and employees are dedicated to the Getz and Company, the one that exists today, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you hear, but in 95, I was listening to some pretty cool music. Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pearl Jam, uh, Soundgarden. I'm still very into- Stone Temple, know, STP. Uh, Michael Jackson at the time. MJ. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're talking black or white at this time, right? Yeah, this is yeah I loved it. Uh, I mean, honestly, just any any music that, that really caught my attention, and, and that even goes for you know stuff that was, uh, uh, you know, like you said, Pink Floyd and, and uh, Beatles and stuff were still heavily on my parents' radios. And what's cool is, like I said, it's been a family business, and yeah, they might have directed a few little side curves here and there with DEG and Allied, right. but it all comes back to Getson. And after more than two decades in 99, um, Tom Getson purchases Ed Getson's share in both the Getson Company and Allied Supply, and Tom becomes a sole owner and president of both companies. Pretty cool. And yeah. Edward's, Edward outgrows its corner of the Getson f- uh, factory, moves its building to the corner of the Galide the Getson Allied Supply Campus, which is actually right close to the uh, Gateway Tech. I was just going to say, it's really it's, just it's like the basically street. Kitty Corner. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, the company is just continuing to grow, and it's just really cool that this is from our hometown, Eric. Yeah. I mean, for me, I've never really played a brass instrument. Like I no. was in, I was in band, but I never played any of the brass stuff. But it's just it was always cool seeing that that came right. You know, they a lot of school repair instruments we had yep. um the one music store i can't breebers yep and a lot of that stuff was supplied directly to breebers right there so like they're getting like the freshest of the fresh right it, it literally traveled uh you know a, a total of maybe four miles to get over to Bre- you know breeber uh to be sold or, or to be rented out to uh all the students in in the area i mean yeah. e- even i think surrounding districts all used it so but yeah it was just really cool just kind of a big i mean there was a lot there and i kind of break it down we 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 basically referenced the getson as an awesome uh history page mm-hmm. so if you ever want to see some of the pictures of what we talked about today yeah just stop over at the getson page there's a little bit more we're probably not going to get into more of the modern i just kind of wanted to i just thought it was really cool that somebody decided that hey I know this technology, bailing, don't have an NDA, you don't have to wait 10 years oh, yeah. at this time, and just started his own thing. And I mean, they continue to make quality stuff, and it's just been staying in their family. I was just going to say, you know, we went to high school with uh, with uh, sort of the, the, the new generation of Getson, uh, which is uh, um, Adam and Brett, those, those individuals. Uh, they we were older, but I, they were older than us. But we do, I do know them. Yep. I mean, they were they were quite a bit older. I think I was in middle school, and they were in high school at the time. Exactly. Yeah, right, we but. we definitely still ended up seeing them throughout the years, uh, and, and it was just really neat to uh, to to continue the 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 line of of handing it down and uh, appreciating the fact that uh, Getson is now the the band company of Elkhorn. I mean, it is. It's a horny town, dude. and it's still and it's still rocking, man. Yeah, for sure, it's awesome. I I can't uh, uh, I, I can't necessarily describe it, uh, you know, any better than that. But I have a lot of pride in that. That that uh, we you know we come from the town where you know these incredible instruments all started and where they continue to start from. And then they go all over the world in order to be played by some of the greatest musicians around. Yeah, in like old small town Wisconsin. I mean, there's greasy things, but then there's things to be really prideful of your hometown. Exactly. You know, and this is definitely one of those things. And when you go through like the Elkhorn archives, <clears throat> actually at the library, there's not like, there's actually some pretty negative things that happened in our town. Absolutely. Which yeah. we won't cover. I mean, we just cover the fun stuff, like you know, like Getson right. and. What like the Christmas card town, Bray Road Beast type right. stuff, just the fun things, you know. So yeah, and and obviously every single town, no matter where you go in the United States, you're gonna find some negative, uh, you know, things that have happened there. And although it's it's probably important to know about it, that isn't necessarily what this show is gonna be yeah, about. I mean, we did do the chalet, which was pretty negative. Well, right, but, there, <laughs> that but was those like, are those are some gnarly. It was like, a mystery a lot of people Wisconsin. wanted to know about, though. Right. So. And that's more like weird Wisconsin history versus, uh, yeah, I guess y- you know, dark and you know, political and and racism. And oh, things. We're, yeah, we won't get into that stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's gonna conclude the main segment. All right, so on to our very special music segment here, and let me tell you again, this is. One of our favorite area bands. Uh, we're, we're really into their music. And when they reached out to us to see if we wanted to do some sort of a collaboration here in terms of uh, uh, announcing, you know, 
the show announcing, you know, this newer song that they just released maybe just a day or two ago. I was like, we we are in. We are in. Totally. What what we did, Godzilla of Your Heart, Pinky Promise, and now today we have a really awesome one. It's kind of special. It is. And, and, uh, you know, I, I worked with them in order to try to figure out you know exactly what album or what song off the album we were going to do i said uh, i'd really like to play tricks on me which was you know an unreleased track at that point um but i really i really was digging it and uh they were like yeah that's cool and and in fact guess what we're actually going to release that one as the next single and it's going to be out maybe a day or two before your show so it'll be perfect like yeah, people will sure. have maybe had a chance to hear it and if not they're going to hear it live on your show that day so that's what we did. We we came up with the idea. Tricks on Me is off of their brand new album, and the album actually releases. Guess what? On the twenty first. So we're talking literally in like a week. Yeah. And it's what else? Actually, is, on Friday. And what so else is happening let, on the twenty first here? So they also are doing an album release show. So you have a chance to go and see them the same day that the album is actually dropped, and everybody gets to hear all of the songs on this thing and it's at the majestic in madison classic place and i mean i love that place and we'll, we we should be there yeah and and russ and i will be in attendance uh it won't be about us though this is all about seesaw oh not at if all you see us we're gonna be rocking out oh you bet i mean they've and they've got a huge lineup of of awesome bands to hear that day as well so it's not bands just, we featured on the show yeah. which is awesome and so you get to so see it's a not lot of just them. seesaw uh you get a a a mountain of cool music and then you get the main event yeah because what <laughs> is it's earthling social sig and vom bomb yeah right which is like, we all featured all of them on the show yeah great great local music yeah i mean you can't really go wrong with the wisco music here so. you can't and and all of these uh, uh all of these songs on the new album the new album is called projecting uh it is absolutely phenomenal i cannot say enough about uh all of the tracks on this thing can't wait to get it in some bright, vibrant colors. They had a vinyl press, I think, from Super Duper um, that that made it, you know, into a couple different colorways. I absolutely love that. I know you're uh, kind of a collector too. Yeah. And uh, this will be cool. And again, you know, this is this is one of our favorites, and we're really stoked to be able to go and see them live this coming Friday. The Majestic. April 21st. You cannot go wrong. This is going to be an absolute epic time. We're going to be cutting the rug. Oh yeah. Hard. I'm so. going to be I'm going to be the sweatiest person in the entire room. Oh yeah. For sure. Cuz I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to keep rolling, baby. You <laughs> just, know what time it is. Just got the sweats on, <laughs> the sweatpants and everything. So, this is Seesaw off of their brand new album Projecting and this song is track 3 and it is Tricks on Me.
All right. Seesaw tricks on me. Amazing song. I love the synthesizers and I love like the single note guitar. Like that is just so catchy. Like the way that they do it too. It has like a little bit, maybe a little reverb on it too. Full of incredible hooks uh, throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, like I said, uh, I, I, that one, uh, uh, they, they had a couple uh, tracks released off of the album up till that point. And uh, when I got a, a copy of this, uh, uh, that one just really stuck out to me again as like another great single. You like, know, throw you, that one out there. You know, when it comes to synth- synthesizers, since like we are huge both Motion City Soundtrack Minnesota fans. And like, yeah. like anytime, like I hear that, I think of Motion City when I hear like that nice clean synth going on. So like that one definitely caught my ear too. And we listened to it. I was like, oh, this is, this is even cooler now. Like it is, um, <laughs> it, it, for a while, I think it dated music. Uh, so you'd hear that and then you'd be like, that's kind of that late, uh, or mid, mid to late two thousands. Right. Yeah. Like talking killers, hot fuzz. Exactly. And then all of a sudden y- you realize no, it doesn't. It, it's that good. It's just that good. It adds uh, like so much atmosphere and texture. Exactly. And then plus there too, like Meg and Eve's like harmonics. Yeah. Like it just works really well. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing is like, instead of, instead of choosing to think, uh, uh the way of, Oh, that dated something. What I love is that it just, it played a, a vital role in, in the song. Like, Oh yeah, for sure. You needed that, uh, to add that depth, like you were saying. And it, it sits so well in the mix that it, it doesn't take away. It doesn't. It doesn't overshadow anything. It doesn't overplay. It's just great. They did a. They did a phenomenal job on this album. I can't say enough uh, great things about it. The best thing that you know I can I can tell you is if you really want to experience this thing, please come out to the show. Yeah, on a- Friday, April twenty first. We'll definitely be there. Obviously, not about us, but like we hope and get a whole pack. People oh, yeah. dancing, cutting the rug with us, so. especially uh, when they start playing. You know, a lot of the stuff from this new record, you're going to be really happy that you showed up. <laughs> let's let's make a pinky promise on this podcast. Oh, We're yeah. going. Hell yeah! Ding. We're in. We just locked. We just locked pinkies. <laughs> locked pinkies, bro. Yo, it's on. Now let's talk about another really cool thing you can experience in Madison. Uh, maybe if you're going out to that show. You can stop here first. We're talking about Giant Jones Brewing Company. Yeah, we've definitely featured one of their beers before. I believe it was a double yeah. IPA, I think, with the little, like, it had, like, I, if I remember, it had the giant on it. I think it, it had, I, like, a, a, maybe it was a Cyclops. Like oh, yeah, like, a, like, like a giant Cyclops on it or something. Yeah. Pretty, pretty rad. Yeah. And uh, this one was pretty cool. It kind of caught my eye. I love the eye. It was kind of, like, over the capital there. What is it, the Eye of Sauron or something like yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. Like, I felt like Frodo Baggins. I was like, I need to buy this. You coming along, Samwise Ganji? Let's get this beer. I gotta, I gotta admit. I mean, I although I know, <laughs> I, although I know what you're talking about, you I don't, know, you know I don't really you know, get it because I'm not really a Lord of the Rings guy. You know, I've seen those movies. Like, I, I really like those movies. To be honest, I but saw like, one. But really, like, it's, it's like seventy minutes of them walking. And then, like, f- 10 minutes of, like, action. Right. That's the like, first movie, like, right? Yeah. It's basically... I mean, they all are. Let's I mean, just I still like them. 45,000 minutes here. And I then. still like the movies because I, lo- I love, like, the New Zealand landscape and stuff. But it's, like, really... And that's even better right here because you just brought it up. You said New Zealand landscape. Obviously, that's where Lord of the Rings was shot. Yeah. But this beer that we chose today from Giant Jones Brewing Company is their fourth anniversary extra blonde ale. And it's made... Simply with organic Pilsner malt and organic New Zealand Tahiki hops. Uh, this is a big, bold, fruity, it's crisp, it's got everything I want in a normal blonde ale. And the fact that I can taste that this thing is made organic and it just is pure and clean. I love it. And actually, like, a, you know, for being blonde, it's really clean and crisp and has the carbonation needed, has that blonde yeah. color. I think the extra part comes with the ABV, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a lot of ABV. I mean, I'm guessing probably 10% range. Right. And I, mean, I was I, just going to say, we don't know exactly uh, what this ABV is. We don't know exactly what the IBU is. So we're going to be taking a couple of shots in the dark on that. Yeah, and I'm guessing the the IBUs are probably in the 65 range, kind of like your uh, IPA. A little bit of bitterness, but you're getting a lot of that Pilsner malt. So you're getting like the, the lower side. Yeah, so you're getting the you're getting the maltiness like from that Pilsner malt. So you're kind of getting that like crisp like like 
I don't know how to explain it. Kind of like if you're drinking an MGD, you get that like crispness of it. Like not the flavor by any means, but like I'm talking about like that that cold crispness. Just how and the, like crisp and the carbonation, and you know? Yeah, and it's just a great beer. I mean, Giant Jones produces awesome beer. You know what I think about is like the difference between Seven Up and Sprite. Yeah, Sprite is oh, so yeah. much more bold and refreshing, and Seven Up is more like I'm sick and I want to like. <laughs> And I like yeah. want to, you know, feel better. Like I got a tummy thing going on. That's the that's kind of the difference. Like what you're saying with MGD and Giant Jones and this extra blonde ale. I think the extra blonde ale by Giant Jones is definitely more Sprite. You can just taste that it's better. The flavor's better. The crisp, refreshing nature of it, like you said, with that carbonation, it's better. It's just it's better than this other thing, and. Uh, it, it may be just a little bit more expensive. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I can always, I can always, uh, you know, empathize with somebody who's, uh, well, I'm just trying to, you know, get a case of beer, you know, for like 10, 15 bucks. Yeah. Just cause it's totally a Friday. Yeah. For Friday. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you're not trying to penny pinch uh, and you're not looking out for the wallet, I think you got to go with something like this. And I always like to support locals more. My yeah. thing. It's like maybe some of the beers I've had aren't some of the best craft beer, but at the same time, I always feel good about buying that six pack and knowing that it's going back to, a brewery really right state, back in the know? community yeah you know? exactly and and, and th- this one's awesome though by the way <laughs> i'm not trying to say yeah. anything this one's really good the high abv definitely will get you lit up and uh, ready for the party actually for friday for our dance off we'll probably have to grab a couple of these bad boys might before have we to head, before we head in there to get a little uh lit up pre-game a little bit you know you might like yeah. that just get a nice little seesaw base tailgating layer. So, but no, great beer, and actually a little funny story about Lord of the Rings, Eric. I know we're huge Flight of the Concords fans. Did you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Did you know Brett was in Lord of the Rings? I did. I knew they were from New Zealand, though. Yeah, he's one of. I think he's one of the elves, or something like that. I'm pretty sure, like one of the wood elves or something. It pretty might cool. be worth watching. Then I don't just because know. of Flight of the Concords. I saw one of the movies. It was like Return of the King or something like that. Oh yeah, so you don't know how like I the, started. You watched like the third, the third one or right. whatever, like the last one. Yeah, nice. and I did the but. same thing with Harry Potter, where all of a sudden I was at the movie theater and we were watching like the fourth installment of Harry Potter, and that was my first time ever seeing. I didn't get it, but they were playing a lot of Quidditch. Uh, Return of the King. There was a lot of good fight scenes in that. I no, like no it. Quidditch in Lord of the Rings. No Quidditch in <laughs> no Lord of the Quidditch. Rings, though. You don't have to worry about that. Happening, no, yeah. So. There's no. It's no just such a lot thing. of walking and a lot of fighting. Yeah. So. And a lot of shit I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know about elves. I don't know much about rings and, and uh, uh, Gandalf. Yeah, got it, dude. Yeah, he's like I don't a, know. He's like a sick wizard. He's a sick wizard. He kind of looks like a Wisconsin dude up north, actually. Yeah, yeah he's, he kinda yeah, does. just an ice fishing guy. Yeah, he's just an ice fishing <laughs> dude. I mean, if he didn't have the hat and the sick thing, you'd, you'd just be like, oh, that's Joe. Oh, they're fishing. Yeah. You know, he just kind of looks like that kind of dude. He's had the same shanty since the This 50s. bass shall not pass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to rip open this crappie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tear up some crops. <laughs> but no, obviously check this one out. Giant Jones Brewing, uh, yeah. extra blonde ale. Awesome beer. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? All right, folks, you know what the sound <laughs> means. It's time for how many locos you at. And uh, Russ found this article, and uh, it's, is it for, it, is it in Beloit? No, it's Janesville. It's Janesville, okay. So and this I, is a total stab in the back, dude. So I, I basically said, hey, Russ, you used to live in Janesville, so I kind of want you to handle this one. Yeah, and, I'm on uh, this. And this one kind of sucks, too, because it's like someone you trust like uh, gets you your number 10. Sometimes it happens that way, you know? So the story is, Janesville man faces 10th OWI after girlfriend calls police. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> that's that's love for you. That's true love. She's watching out for you and getting you locked she, up in prison for a good chunk of time. She just loves you. She's just showing you tough love, but... Oh... <laughs> <laughs> so a Janesville man faces his 10th OWI after his girlfriend alerted police that he was intoxicated and driving off. Never good. So this is an early one, too. She called the police around 9 a.m. on Tuesday, and officers responded to the 1400 block of Hamilton Avenue to meet her. She explained that he was intoxicated and driving a gray Toyota Camry. Okay. You know, the good thing is the car's not very conspicuous, so Here's there's the a lot of Camrys. Yeah, there is a ton of Camrys on the road. So the same officer who met her with her spotted the Camry and it was pulling into the parking lot of J&R liquor store. 
Not a great I've, start already. I've seen that. So I've you, driven past that before in Janesville. Man, he could have got away if he would have just passed the liquor store and went to Ben Franklin. Yeah. You know, he could have just went to the craft store. No one would have said anything. Yeah. But if you're going exactly. to right to the J&R Liquor. Just trying to knit some stuff, man. Yeah, just trying to make some crafts instead of getting craft beer. Yeah. Yeah. You think this, <laughs> crap. You think this you got the wrong craft crafts. beer, bro? You got the wrong crafts. Um, so the officer reported that the 66-year-old man was showing signs of impairment and conducted a field sobriety test. 66. This guy's old as shit, too. Why, Here man? We go. He should be retiring next year. Yeah, he. this is this is not good for a 66-year-old man. said he's re- retiring the wampum. Correctional facility. Yeah. <laughs> so Inmate number. <laughs> the, the counts against him also included uh, officers allegedly found open containers in his vehicle. Also not a good sign. So 66 open containers, Toyota Camry. You got yeah. a few clues here. Girlfriend not happy. No. Do you think his girlfriend was like the same age too? Like, I mean, I hope. Tom's trashed. Yeah. Get him. Toyota Camry, gray. Uh, shit. Now all of a sudden you got me thinking that this chick's like maybe in her thirties. I'm like, you know what? He know. he he had a lot of good decisions to make in Janesville. He could have went to Hobby Lobby. He could have went to Ben Franklin. He, he could he could have went to Kmart, which isn't there anymore. Yeah, which he could have just or said screaming Mimi, which isn't there anymore. And don't use don't be like, oh, I'm going to Kmart anymore because it doesn't work. If you yeah. get pulled over in Janesville, it's gone. Yeah, not a good not a good sitch. The wrong crafts, just really bad. In addition to the OWI and uh, open toxic container count he was also blocked for operating while suspended oof well of course i mean he's got he's got he's, 10 of these things. 10 like at, at a certain point i mean don't they take your license for like three or four years or something like that yeah so i mean there's no way this guy is is an upstanding uh citizen here and the blood draw was taken but we don't actually have the official record on this one because sure. it, it happened pretty recently yeah but Girlfriend stabs you in the back. 66-year-old man, Toyota Camry, J&R Liquor, not a craft store. The wrong not craft, a craft the store. The wrong craft store, which yeah. was the mistake here. Yeah. So, Eric, I got some numbers on this. It's also 9 a.m., by the way. That's the that's just it. He, do you think, <laughs> did, did he pull an all-nighter? This, this if he's is that the drunk, same, did he pull the all-nighter? This is the same as it's happening right now. It's 9.34 in the studio at this moment. It, it's like the, it's. This guy is getting pulled over right now. He went from like, eggs to PBR real fast. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, that he, bacon was sizzling. And the beer was cracked right as it was sizzling. I don't know exactly. I, I don't know exactly how to how to really break this one completely down because it's the 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 facts are not exactly telling of of we don't have a lot of where info. this yeah exactly but we do know he's trashed field sobriety it's, and blood draw. So if I'm, if I'm taking this from you know the beginning here. It, so it's 9 a.m. There's an argument of some sort. This guy's trashed, and he decides, ah, screw it. I'm going to go drive, you know. And, and now we know the location that he was driving to is J&R Liquor. Not a great idea. Um, so he's 66. He's got 10 of these, or he's got nine of these prior. This is his 10th. Just a lot of bad decisions made. Yeah. All in, all in you know, this this space of time. That uh, and to it be, is so easily avoidable. And to be 66 and have 10, like he has some experience with, well, and, with the locos. And, and clearly we're dealing with an alcoholic, somebody who's suffering from this, uh, you know, very debilitating thing that now decides I'm already trashed. I think the next thing I need to do during this argument I'm having and I'm storming out is I need to go get more booze. I mean, that's just a, that's, that's an alcoholic's way of thinking. So we've got a real we've got a real deep one. Yeah, let's let's hands. crack this breakfast egg open and find out what we got here. So let's break this dino egg right in half. Let's, here. let's do it. Ah, there you go. Yeah, there, there's the yolk. That All was right. me doing an elbow drop in the studio. By so the way. I mean, I kind of have a number in head. Do you have one, Eric? I definitely don't. I was so. Can I just tell you what I was thinking? Yeah, I was thinking an eighteen loco. Okay, I can get on board because like he's pretty trashed. I just didn't know. And he's experienced, so like he has a lot of liquor in his system. Maybe he's not feeling the full effects of the intoxication, but right. I think he's if he was drinking local, he'd be at an eighteen. Right. That's my that's my thinking here. What what were you thinking? I, I honestly my brain went in, in a lot of different directions, but um now that you're now that I hear your number and I and I kinda hear the, that, that little breakdown you gave, I kind of agree. I just think it's 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 definitely up there. It, it's a that's a high volume of of lokes to have in the system. Uh, and, uh, and, and personally, I think, I guess it has to be uh, a high number because, yeah. 
you know, he's, he's an experienced person. I, I understand that at, at a time, um, when you, when you are drinking and you have, you know, so many, first of all, so much past with it, so much history with it, 66 years old, he's been doing this for, you know, 40 plus. So the problem is he's also got that confidence of like, how many times do you think, how many times do you think he's gotten away with drunk driving? Probably a lot, you know, a lot more yeah. than nine. So he has confidence, and in sixty-six years, he's only been pulled over nine times for it. That's pretty good. Yeah, actually, you know what? Like that kind of doing it every day. You that's know why he's I was questioning the locos because, like, he may have that amount, but he's really processing more like a eight loco. Exactly. So in you know the what system, I mean? it's only affecting him as if it's like an, an eight, eight to ten. So that's a tough call here. Yeah. So he basically buy one get one free as far as him drinking oh, lokes dude he's he's a bogo on the lokes he's a bogo on the lokes jesus man. so essentially he drinks 18 but he's only feeling nine so yeah we might have to go lower dude yeah no I, i'm i'm thinking you think 18 locos in the system eight local eight local like feeling feeling yeah yeah we can Oof. go 18 and nine I this say. is getting like crazy this is the first time we've ever this done is, this this has blown my mind this is a, a WDH first right here. That we need a got, psychiatrist to help us out on one this. Guy, yeah, we've got a schizophrenic loke here. <laughs> it, it's how he's feeling versus what's in there. And so 18 is in there. Nine is feeling it. Okay. And that's it. Oof. Do we got to meet that in the middle then? Is that what we're doing here? I, I just know. think I just think we have to have, we have, to have two both. different. We have, we have, to have the have duality. Of, we have the duality of That's liquor. what I'm saying with the schizophrenic loke. He's got a couple different personalities. One of them's feeling it. Yeah. The other one's feeling it. All right, ship and that's them, what I'm saying. Ship them the wampum. That's the 18 and the nine. Ship them the wampum. Eric's on the gavel. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening, and remember as always, watch out for deer on your way home. home.